What is it like to be a lady lawyer? On today's episode, we will wrap up season three and you'll find out. This is the Lady Lawyer League podcast, Omaha's leading lady lawyers, empowering women to be legal savvy. Hosted by Susan Ruff and Tracy Hightower-Henny of Hightower Ruff Law. So season, well, season three, episode 10. Yes. And all three of us are here. Yes. All three partners of Hightower Ruff Law because this is our season finale. I've never been on the podcast with all three of us. But I was trying to think if there's been three people before. I feel like we did have one time where the three of us were on, and it was the one where you interviewed me when I was like... New, 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 Okay, but season three is different because we are on video. Yeah, Maybe for season three, all three of us have not been on. That's correct. And we're on video today because Tasha has really pretty teeth. I do. It's been a <laughs> no. I posted this on social media, She's and I'm really proud, so, so excited. Yeah. I think I've probably shown my teeth to Susan more times than she would care to count. But I have been on this journey with Invisalign and all the things, and it's six years in, and I finally have straight teeth. Yay! So I'm pretty excited about that. That well, that's great. I mean, the yeah, topic clap. today is. What's it like to be a lady lawyer? And that's part of it. Yes. I have a nice smile and it makes me feel confident for when I go into court and I whoop butt. (laughs) Well, okay. So interestingly, though, you didn't always love to go to court. I did not. So is that part of you love court? (laughs) I don't hate it anymore. So that's progress. And is it now like because I think this is a thing and I don't mean this as funny. Now that your teeth feel perfect to you, I think you're going to have even more confidence when you go to court. Yes. Like I want to smile. And when I smile now, I'm like, see my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a weird smile. It is. I need to work on it. I need to get a a tooth model. I could. Only on the top, though. Because there's hand and feet model, right? Yes. There's models for every body part. Mm hmm. I don't think any of my body parts would be model-esque. What about you? What do you think? Not for me, for your body. Oh. <laughs> Nose? Mm. Ears. <laughs> I don't know. No, my ears are very normal. I'm very thankful that like my ears don't stick way out. Like, mm. cause that's just something you can't. And they're not weird. Oh, I'm sure there's a surgery for it. Yeah. Yes. Like pin them back. Yeah, but that's like something expensive and painful. Put a rubber band around your head and just... Yes. You that could be your thing. You're wearing headbands recently. I know, and I think I bruised behind my ear. Oh. oh, you have to get like a callus back there and then it won't hurt. A callus behind my, it like really is tender now. Oh. I don't know. I like, I was gonna say I like the headband. I do like the headband too. But if you had big ears, you could with your headband and then it wouldn't hurt behind because you would. <laughs> I'm gonna start wearing my headband on top of my ears. <laughs> and all of this, I get the callus. Right. All of this is what it's like to be a yes. lady lawyer. Yeah. Like, yeah. About like what you're gonna wear. Your hair, your teeth, what you look like is so much a part of it. So in this topic, we were just talking about and we realized that it was Missouri. I thought it was either Ohio or Oklahoma, but they're also all the same. Um that it in the <laughs> anywhere in the Midwest. In the state senator's state, office that they yes. passed a rule that women have to have an, a second layer and then they can't have bare arms. Correct. No. So that arms. means like you need to wear a cardigan or a jacket. Not to be confused with bearing arms the second. You also, I don't think, can bear arms in the... Well, well you can in Nebraska. Well, that's true. Hmm. So so to go back to, can Tasha wear what she's wearing yes. if she was a yes. state senator in Missouri? Yes. Could but I, I don't think you can because you your arms are covered, but you don't have a second layer. I only have one layer. That's right. 
Hold on, I my elbow pad. Well, I do have a camisole on, but it doesn't cover my arms. And my shirt is oh, short sleeve. Oh, that might be okay though. My shirt is short, short sleeve, so I don't have two layers on my forearm. Is that a thing? So I, can you wear short sleeves? I don't know what you, you can wear. wear. I think you can't wear anything. All these semantics. You just walk so, in with your underwear on, apparently. Literally, dress codes are designed to keep women in certain check positions, you know, like yeah. lower status. You know, like stressing you out, like what should I wear to work every day? Right. When like a business suit, jacket over anything should be enough or a sweater or a blouse, right? Exactly. Yes. Like you shouldn't have to be like, you know what would be really cool? If they got these like armbands in defiance. So yeah. they were just wearing like a blouse with like an armband. Well, okay, so and be like, what if aha, you have, I'm complying. What if you have a sleeveless dress on, not spaghetti strap, sleeveless dress, and then it's like the 90s warm up armband <gasps> and just a little bit of your elbow show. Or and it was a double shoulder. double layer armband? Yeah, like double Cinderella layer. Cinderella gloves. <gasps> yeah. Upper gloves. Yes. The and then layer. the yes. 90s arm warm up armband over the top. So you have yes. a double layer, your arms are covered. We should all show up to the legislature. Yeah. Wearing that. So, I mean, this is this also, again, this is somewhat what it's like to be a lady lawyer. I remember, this was several years ago, but I went to a women's group thing where I was on the panel at the University of Nebraska Law School. And one of the questions that one of the audience members asked about was courtroom attire. Was it a man or a woman that asked the question? It was a woman. It, there were only women at this event. It was a woman. It might have been put on by the Women's Law Caucus. I can't remember. Um, but one of the things that I've always kind of uh, abided by, or I can't, maybe that's not the right abode, abooted, abided, abided. I don't. What's the past tense of abide? I don't abide. Did abide by in the past? Correct. <laughs> The thing I always do. Um, I, and especially as a person who the courtroom is not my favorite place to be, I've always felt like I'm going to dress in a way that I am professional but also comfortable because I don't want to have to be worrying about what I'm wearing because I need to be worrying about who my client is and what they need. And you also don't want anything to be a distraction for you know anything else but that also doesn't mean that like oh my gosh if a little bit of cleavage is showing that that's distracting other people and that's your problem but there is a you know as lawyers there is a professional decorum um and there's actual court rules in our local courts about what specifically should be worn um you cannot have you're not supposed to have bare arms in court in nebraska but it doesn't have to be a double layer correct yeah so like no tank tops as an attorney right but what's interesting is that there, I know there's been articles and studies that have come out about the difference between male attorneys versus female attorneys when you're talking about, for example, presenting in front of a jury. Um, I know there was a bunch of stuff that came out after the O.J. Simpson trial because they talked about the prosecutor. And for the life of me, I can't think of her Marcia name. Clark. Thank you. Um, but there was so much that came out about her during that trial and what people thought about her hair. And then I think at one point during the trial, she got it cut. And so then it was like this whole thing. Yeah. But there was nothing really ever said about the male attorneys. That's not something that people look at. Well, and that was one of the first televised trials, not only about, you know, and that's what started like the whole, you know, courtroom drama tv thing and all of that she was the only woman in the courtroom really that had a position of power because all the lawyers each side had like six lawyers right and she was the only woman correct so did you all watch it 
Yes. Like you remember growing up watching it? Yes. Growing yeah. up, I was an adult. I was in third grade. I was, I think in fifth or sixth grade. I was in, ish. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I just remember that we had this little tiny nine inch TV in our kitchen and before school you had to sit really close to it. Was it black and white? No, it was barely color. <laughs> barely color. Yeah. You know. Estelle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. A tube TV. Yeah. It was a tube TV. Of course. You had to put it in the corner so like yes. the whole back yeah. part was yes. out of the no, corner. weighed a million pounds. Yes. Yeah. I remember being in third grade and my third grade teacher, when they announced the verdict, I remember her coming out the hallway and saying, not guilty. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Well, the other thing that's really interesting about dress and being a woman lawyer in the courtroom, um, I remember my parents had some construction litigation case and I was actually, I was in college or law school, so I was like out of town. Um, and so I wasn't involved at all. Otherwise I would have been going every day and there was a jury, it was a civil case. And I remember my parents' lawyer who was a woman talked to them a lot about um, things like uh, a woman lawyer, if she's not married, should still wear a wedding ring because they don't want the jury to wonder why aren't you married, and that that's never said to a man. Um, and then like whether you should wear a skirt or not, because if you wear pants, then some jurors are like, why aren't you wearing a skirt? Um, and those types of things. And I hear that from like our prosecutor friends and public defenders too. That those are the types of things that jurors think about as a lawyer or as a woman lawyer that they don't wonder about as a male lawyer. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and men in general to dress professionally have a uniform. Mm. And the, you know, it's a it's a suit and a button down and a tie. A tie. And they really only have to have maybe one pair of dress shoes. So it's also a lot more expensive for women to dress professionally. Um, because can you imagine if you were, let's say you wore a suit to work every day because you had to be in court every single day. And if you wore the same suit more than once in a row, like men do that all the time mm. and no one notices. Or <clears throat> black suit on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and the brown suit or great blue, navy blue probably on Tuesday, Thursday yeah. and then no one knows. Yeah, yeah. it's a different tie every day. Yeah, and so that's like another thing for women to build up their professional wardrobe can get really expensive. And men are also built like most men are built like a box. So most things fit them off the rack. Whereas we are all different shapes. All of us have had to have clothing like tailored or we just have to like, you know, live with it if it doesn't fit you right. And or so my pants are just long and then I step on them. Yeah, like pants being too long, pants being too short, you know, jackets being too tight or too loose or whatever, or the buttons in the wrong spot. You know, like all of that is a whole different thing that I don't think men have to even think about. Have you ever worn a tie, like a suit and tie? I did wear a tie one time, but it's not totally my thing, but I like it. I yeah. like the look. Not Halloween. <laughs> Like as court attire, did you? Right. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was probably sometime when I was wearing a suit, but I also really prefer wearing a scarf. I just haven't worn mm -hmm. them a lot lately because now I'm I get hot a lot. I always so think if someone's wear wearing, I, I, I always think if someone's that. wearing a scarf that there's a hickey under there. Oh, <laughs> but sometimes I wear them loose. So every time, oh, okay, you know, like yeah, but if it still is like trying to cover or turtlenecks, oh. I don't know. I think that came from junior high. 
I distinctly remember remember wearing one of those. I think they're called bolo ties with like the turquoise jewel, and uh, you like cinch them up. Oh, I yeah. totally had nineties. Is that yeah. like a country western? Yeah. Did you sort wear it with your denim shirt? Probably with pearl snaps. I had a shirt. Oh, this is my horrible third grade picture that I've hidden from everyone in my life. My husband's still now. We have to see it. it. Nope. Never gonna show it. Call Angie. I have. Hey Angie. My hair is a mullet, and my mom permed it and then backcombed it, mm. and then she had me in this purple, like velvety suede shirt, but it was too big, so it was buttoned down, and then it like, it was like up here like this, so the shoulders were like back here. <laughs> it's a horrible picture. And then the next day I wore my denim jeans, you know, acid wash with my bolo tie. And now you have your new teeth. Right. I mean, look where you've come. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so speaking of all of this, these are some of the struggles as female lawyers. So what yeah. are the advantages of being a female lawyer? Everything. <laughs> right. But it's no. hard to articulate. I know, though, right? Well, and I was... I've I, never been a male lawyer, so I don't know. Yeah. Like, there is that. I mean, I think... I know we want to try to talk about the positives, but one of the other things that I was kind of thinking But going about, back to the negative. Right. Well, but I think it could be maybe construed both ways. You know, like when you go to an interview and they're like, what's your... What's your biggest weakness? And you're like, oh, I work too hard, right? Uh, uh. Um, <laughs> don't ever say that in an interview. <laughs> right. But like, I think sometimes women are viewed, it's very hard to walk the line when you're in court or even in some type of a negotiation where if you're too hard line, then you're a bitch. Or if you, you know, care about kind of the fluffy stuff, then you're too emotional. Whereas men, you know, it's like if they take a hard line, then they're strong and they're confident, right. you know, like those lines are hard. But I think to the side of talking about an advantage, I think women are more in tune as as a gender with the emotional side of things that I think sometimes can be overlooked by our male counterparts. And so I think that can sometimes be advantageous in a case. You know? But I think oftentimes in the work that we do, family law, estate planning, all those sort of like caretaker lawyer roles, oftentimes men and women seek out a female attorney because they think we're better listeners and caretakers. And I think we are. Right. Um, but one of the questions that you know, we get often asked is sort of like, how many women lawyers are there in the profession? And something that I hear a lot recently is in law school classes, there's more than 50% women in law school classes, but then in the legal career, um, most women leave the legal career for taking care of families. And so I think one of the things that, um, you know, in a professional setting with the grind that there is, is that some women struggle, um, you know, with being mothers and, taking care of children as opposed to staying in the profession like men do and can do and all of that, even though it's possible, I think, for women to do it. Yeah, I mean, I I can say, so I've been an attorney for over 20 years, and I can say many of the women that were in my ilk that I remember what like- is ilk? Do you know what ilk was? I don't know, I'm probably using the wrong word. My little pod back okay. in law school, is okay. that, that right? Uh, sure. I think better than ilk. like your stature. Okay. Like a woman that is of equal stature to okay. you as your ilk. So I meant, I meant like my age. Like <laughs> Let's the just time, say that. At the time okay. you graduated Yeah, yeah. Okay. So many of them, probably the majority of like the 10 or so females that I hung around with, I think the majority of them are not practicing law. And some actually never did. Like they graduated law school and they did not practice law. Now, a lot of them are working, but they're not working as attorneys. They're, they use their law degree to get a different job. Mm -hmm. 
And I can't speak for if that degree helped them get that job, but a lot of them are working like in compliance somewhere or insurance or something like that. But there's a lot of women that, yeah, they they had families and stayed home and, um, you know, that's a choice. It's not to say they had to do that, um, but, you know, I, I do think being a parent and being an attorney creates a whole set of other challenges on top of being a female. So I always caution people that just because females in law school, the numbers are up, doesn't mean that in the legal career, the numbers are also, you know, comparison. Right. Because we are still very much a male-dominated industry. In Nebraska, um, of our district court judges, so that's where, like, felonies are heard, motor vehicle accident, lawsuits. A felony is like a murder. Or, yeah, a very serious crime. Divorces, um, of those, are only in Nebraska, only 16% of our bench is female. And nationwide, it's 22% at that level. Mm. So we're below the national standards in Nebraska. So I, I haven't heard anything recently about the standards of practicing attorneys, but I think if you looked at the law school demographics, they, it is f- more than 50% are female usually. Mm-hmm. So we have those issues too. Like not only being a female lawyer, but like getting into the profession and staying in the profession. I think another thing too is like a struggle with being a female attorney is when you're a young female attorney. Um, like us. Right. <laughs> Although, she looks like, at me and, like raises an eyebrow. <laughs> not right. you. Right. Right. But I think you know, like, fifteen years ago when I first started, I literally didn't really totally know what I was doing. Right. I was always willing to like work my butt off and like find the answer and do the best I could. But I also looked very young, and you know, you age quickly in a career like this. But physically, or. Yeah, experience. What do you mean age quickly? Wait, I think you get more wrinkles quicker, and you know, like gray hair quicker. I don't know. Yeah. All right. You know what I mean. Um, But I think kind of like being the president, right? Supposed to age. Yeah. Those pictures. So they do the beginning of their term and the end of their term. Yeah. Do that for a lawyer? No, they shouldn't. (laughs) You got new teeth, though. I know. Yeah, so you'll do you're but doing I stopped better. coloring my hair, so I don't know where mm. that leaves us. Yeah. So I, I recall and something that we talk about with our younger associates in our office too is like, you know, when you have a client say to you, You're so young, do you know what you're doing? Like good ways to say, like, Well, I just went to law school, have you? You know, you can <laughs> sort of say it in a sort of snarky but like serious way. Like, Yeah. Do you want me to be your lawyer or not? I get to represent you in court, you don't get to represent anyone else in court. And you know, Earlier today, Tasha was sharing with us uh, some antics of an older attorney who that was very, very, very bad. And it's like, maybe the person who's right out of law school actually knows more than the person who's been practicing for 50 years because they don't keep up on their stuff either. Oh, they get lazy. Yeah. This and then the they way think, it's always been And done. then they think, think I can just do this by the fly by the seat of my pants. I can yeah. do this in my sleep, and it's like, well, if you've been sleeping long enough, that you know the case law changed. Yeah, right. I in my realm, so I'm mostly in county court doing probate cases, things like guardianships or estate cases. And in the last, you know, ten to fifteen years, which is quick by legal standards in some cases. Um, there's been a lot of rule changes and a lot yeah. of different, you know, different forms you have to use, different ways that things have to be done. And, you know, 
reading between the lines, a lot more forms, a lot more steps. And a lot of the older attorneys who have been doing this type of law for, you know, maybe two decades are saying, well, I'm not going to do it that way. I've always done it this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you're having twice as many hearings to do it because they're refusing to do it the correct way. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of advantages to having somebody who is, you know, quote unquote, younger or early on in their career because they are more in tune with what's happening now. And maybe more flexible because they're like, okay, these rules change. That's how the practice of law goes. Right. Like, roll with it. Yeah. Okay. Before we go to the uh, wild and weird questions from our crazy producers, um, what are you most proud of in your career? For me, I, so in my line of work, I get to work a lot with um, people who may or may not be. Um, marginalized or underserved communities, things like um, adult disabled people. I know the mental health system in our country is, in my opinion, sorely lacking. Broken. Um, Right. Completely. Um, So I get to help families sometimes that they're most vulnerable, which I think is true for a lot of areas of practice. But um, the adult disabled cases are really near and dear to my heart. And also adoption cases. I think I've talked about on here before that I was adopted by my stepfather, and so that whole, I remember being adopted, and so coming full circle, being able to help families do that has been really important work for me, so. What about you, Susan? Jeez, Tasha. (laughs) So what's the question? Because I got tied up in that. What are you most proud of in your career? What am I most proud of in my career? Um, uh, This, like having. That was my answer. Well, maybe. Oh, me too. Maybe maybe you can give a little different context. So, um, like, this isn't what I set out to do, and never in a million years thought that this is where I would end up because, you know, I started my life as a criminal defense attorney and assumed I would always be in that realm and be in court a lot. And when we started the firm and we started hiring more attorneys and started growing our firm, you know, doing that mentor role, that I would never have had the opportunity to do that on the scale that I've had to do it if it wasn't for our firm. And, you know, I think for me, that brings me the the biggest joy because I set out to be an attorney and be a different type of attorney from day one. I never wanted to be, you know, the cookie cutter attorney. Um, And that's why I didn't go ever work at a law firm and why I didn't ever even interview and why I knew courtroom would be, leave me the flexibility to do that. And so getting to mentor other younger younger attorneys, usually and usually women, um, you know, to help them be what they wanna be. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally, when I saw this question, I was gonna say this moment right now, just being in the seat, um, not specifically the podcast, but like where we're at a point where, you know, we're knowledgeable about this information, we're giving this information, um, sharing what it's like to be a lady lawyer to random people that are listening to our podcast. And I think that's, you know, we've come so far. Um, and just, like creating a business that has been successful for 10 years. I mean, ev- uh, for a long time, there's there was days where I'd be like, Susan's gonna quit on me today. Um, and then at some point I stopped thinking that because I was like, well, I don't know, she keeps signing leases and bank accounts with me, so. Shoot. Um, but I think it is, you know, just this moment right here uh, and everything that it speaks for, so. 
So when we talk about season three of the podcast and um, wrapping up our season finale, I think that was a, a great way to sort of think back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Wild, crazy questions on Google of what it's like to be a lady lawyer. Compiled by our team of top-notch producers and uh, also weird producers. Very weird producers. Okay. I'm going to scooch over a little bit. Are most men afraid to date female lawyers? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My answer is I would be. (laughs) Okay. were, Were you single? No. Tasha dated her current husband in law law school right we started dating before i applied to law school and then i applied and got in um i met my husband right after taking the bar exam so i wasn't a lawyer yet haha i'm the expert in this area (laughs) okay so but it's also been a long time since i dated someone yeah yeah well okay so i graduated from law school and was single and dating um and i would often get you know, when I would meet guys out socially, they would be like, oh, you're a lawyer. And they, then I, they, they'd like slowly like go away from me. Um, like clearly they didn't want to talk. So I just started to tell people that I worked at the courthouse. Like I, I, I thought if my profession scares somebody away from like learning more about me, that well, that's crap, but you know. So what'd you tell your husband the first time that you worked in the courthouse? I, no, no, I actually told him I was an attorney um, and he started laughing. So, cause then he asked, <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Maybe like you didn't think context. you were serious. <laughs> no, the, the rest of the context is he asked me if I knew who a certain judge was. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I know who that judge is. And he said, he was my divorce judge. <laughs> so then we had something to talk about. So that was Great. kind of fun. So but the answer yes. is yes. I mean, I think the underlying thing is female attorneys are viewed as intimidating. Yeah. That's too bad. Okay. My husband plays that card all the time. My wife's a lawyer, so you better do what I say. <laughs> oh, yes, I like that angle. Is it safe for a woman to become a criminal lawyer? The only thing I'll say to this, and Susan can speak more, is at one point I was doing some criminal defense work in the Innocence Project world where I had to go to the prison and meet with clients. and. As a young lawyer, I would always feel, you know, nervous to go into prison and into an attorney room, you know, for this person I've never met. And someone told me, why would they ever hurt you? You're the person helping them. It's right. probably you that told me that. Yeah. And ever since then, I was like, oh, yeah, duh. They're not going to hurt me. I'm their lawyer. I would say being in a jail is probably safer than walking down the street. Right. Too. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things, so when I was a public defender, so you only do criminal defense. They had a thing at the beginning where they were like, and granted, this was right at the cusp of cell phones. So they were like, make sure you have an unlisted number. They had a form that you could fill out to make sure if you owned a home that if anyone ever put your name into the online system that's public record, they couldn't find your house. Um, But that is a special form that the Register of Deeds has to approve. And that was before social media too. So most of my friends that only do criminal defense who are attorneys don't use their real name or their full name on social media just for that reason. But honestly, um, you know, I've never, I know what happens. I just don't have any firsthand experience with ever having a client be violent towards me or towards anyone I worked with, but I know what happens. But I think that person's probably gonna be violent towards their attorney either way. Yeah. Male or female. I, I don't know if it's more, so more towards females well and i think 
to this question too, I think that there is some risk no matter what type of case you're handling. Right. Um, in the sense that a lot of times when you're meeting with a lawyer, it's in a in a tough time. People are maybe at their worst. You know, I've had cases where I have, for example, um, removed somebody from a family because I felt like they weren't taking care of them and the family was very upset with me and they came to our office and they yelled and you know so and we yelled back right we did yell back <laughs> and then we called 911 <laughs> right, right um you know but even our divorce cases you know i mean there's definitely situations and so we have to be aware you know of our surroundings and and what we're doing and that sort of thing i've had one case where we had the police come to the courthouse to the courtroom so i mean but Oh, I've had the red button pushed often in yes. hearings. Luckily, there's a lot of police at the courthouse. Right. And there is a red button in yeah. the courtroom. Yes. FYI. The judge gets the red button. And they'll escort you like to your car and stuff too, yeah. if you want them to. Yeah. Stuff. So, But I don't think that that is enough to detract any of us from still doing the good work that we're doing. So. You know what? I scuba dive with sharks. Nothing much is going to detract me in this <laughs> career. Next. When lawyers date each other, do they argue a lot? I presume so. <laughs> but there's not many lawyers that date each other, I don't think. My so we I get a this, lot of lawyer couples. Though. Yes, but I get this question. Do you guys get this question a lot? Is your husband a lawyer too? Yes. And and I yes. don't know, I think that's somewhat of a gender by non lawyers. It's yes. not usually by lawyers. And I, I don't, don't think know anyone's ever asked me that. Oh, people ask me that yes, all, all the time. The time. And my answer always is if if he was, we would be divorced. <laughs> Um, because it truly is like there are arguments that we have and he's like are you deposing me right now are you interrogating me right now and I think if really both of us were doing that it would we would never get anywhere communication style so the answer that, that you have to give him is yes typically yes <laughs> is that a yes or a no right. <laughs> I need you to let me finish the question before you answer yeah so um, I don't know I don't know the answer what do you call a female lawyer Whatever they want to be called. A lawyer. So is it lawyer, lawyer, or attorney? Oh, oh. But aren't wow. men attorneys also? I know, but or is in it general, at law? gender specific, gender neutral, lawyer or attorney. What do you use? I use the I use both the word lawyer and attorney very interchangeably. Same. Same. And and sometimes in writing, it depends if I want to say an before. And it doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman. Right. The only funny answer I have to this is potentially we call a female lawyer a lawyer. <laughs> you know, a lady lawyer. An A on the end. Okay. Is an American lawyer most like a solicitor or barrister in the United Kingdom? I would say both. What? Right? A solicitor or a barrister? Are those different. The, I don't even know what the difference between those two are. Well, a solicitor, I think, is the person who actually goes to court. And the barrister is like the person who does the paperwork. And that's why I feel like they're the same. Who wears the wigs? The solicitors, I think. Well, who's the know. judge? Don't the judges wear the wigs? They all have The lawyers wear, wear the wigs, too. Even what? if you're female, you have to wear the wig with the gray. And you have to have a second layer? And you have to have a robe. No, you have to wear the oh, robe. Oh, so maybe that's robes. what they were trying to get to in Missouri. Wear it, a robe. But everybody, not just women. I think in Canada they wear the robes too, but they don't wear anything on their head. Correct. So the women in Missouri should show up with the robe and the wigs and be like, is this okay now? But they're not lawyers. But have them be right? pink. I know, but I just think it'd be funny. I think they should wear their bikinis. 
with the not with the layers. With, no, 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 no. With the swim cover up that's like the see through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Why is law seen as the most morally bankrupt pr- profession? Says who? Oh. Who said? Yeah. More. Well, okay. So TV, I look at this. TV is, and movies make it. Is it bankrupt of money or bankrupt of morals? Bankrupt of morals, I think, is the mm. question. I don't know. I, I think it's just it's the movies. Well, and nobody wants to like gossip about the morally bankrupt plumber or the morally <laughs> bankrupt tree trimmer. Like, yeah, that's, that's not not fun. Not like, fun. Like Joe, you know, he's embezzling money from his tree trimming business, and everyone's like, yawn. But the, like, if it's a lawyer, right? I yeah, don't. true. I I think lawyers are held to this like really super high standard that just really doesn't exist. We are. I think that there are bad apples in the legal profession, but I think there are bad apples in every... In tree trimming and plumbing. Right, yeah. Yes. And I think on some level, maybe our jo- jobs are more public, and so that's why people... Like, are we pseudo-celebrities, maybe? Yeah. Well, a lot of lawyers become politicians. Right. And, like, exactly. lobbyists and stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay, season three, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us on the Lady Lawyer League podcast. Subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast, and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rep Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.